Hey folks, welcome to another edition of the Mental Health Podcast. This is Sanjay and with me I have Adugo Chikesi and uh, I'd love for you guys to hear from her and her perspective. Hey Adugo, how are things with you today? Hi Sanjay, I'm doing well today, thank you. Thanks for having me today. I'm so excited to get to talking with you. All right. Um, you know, one thing that I ask people to do when they come in is to talk a little bit about themselves, give themselves like an elevator pitch of sorts, um, so people know who you are and where you're coming from as well. So the floor is all yours. Yeah. Um, where to start? I guess for me, um, I'm from New Jersey. I've lived in New Jersey pretty much my whole life. Um, then went to Rutgers for college, so stayed in New Jersey, Rutgers, New Brunswick. Um, my family, too, they're also still in New Jersey. I have my mm-hmm. two parents and then my brothers. So um, my oldest brother, he's in Boston right now, and my younger brother, uh, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. So um, pretty much for me, um, after Rutgers, well, in Rutgers, I was a psychology major public health Mm -hmm. minor. And Mm -hmm. um, that was really great. I love that because I feel like it really just gave me the opportunity to study something that I was very interested and passionate about. I feel like before Mm -hmm. I discovered psychology, a lot of the times it was like, I knew I was like really attracted to the arts, but I was always trying to figure out how I want to incorporate that into, I guess, a career path a lot of Mm -hmm. times. So when mm-hmm. I found psychology, I knew that was um, like just great. And then also morphing that with public health, that just gave me the opportunity to really um, like also incorporate my love for community health and like outreach projects and things like that. So that was good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then um, for while I was in college, at first I actually wanted to pursue a psychology, a clinical psychology degree. But then, mm-hmm. like about my junior year, I ended up switching to um, pre-vet to really um, pursue a career in psychiatry, more so mm-hmm. because I like the aspect of like with psychiatry, I can still um, do therapy for my patients, mm-hmm. but also incorporate medication if that's also like needed at the same time. So I just mm-hmm. it like the idea of being like kind of like a one-stop <laughs> person where um, you know you build that like. Um, emotional connection with someone and then also you can still come to them for um, more like the medication needs to so I just really love that aspect of it Mm -hmm. Um, and then after college I took a gap year and Mm -hmm. um, in my gap year I was um, a mental health coach for mind right health which I love working with them and that was based in Newark And for Mm -hmm. that, it was really just um, incorporating a lot of like mental health education for mostly Mm -hmm. like teenagers. And Mm -hmm. um, that was especially like really helpful for them during the time of the pandemic, like COVID and everything, because there's Mm -hmm. just these long waiting lists, of course, of like 
um, mm-hmm. people like wanting to see therapists and we just mm-hmm. got to give them some of the tools to um, kind of like get where they needed to be while they were like waiting to talk to like other professionals too. Mm-hmm. So, and then after that, here I am now in med school <laughs> at um, University of Vermont, Larner College of Medicine. And mm-hmm. I'm in my third year right now. So that is okay. where we're at now. <laughs> wow. Okay. So it's, it's, it's been, it's been a very interesting journey. It's been, um, it's been a lot, but it's been, it's, it's been good times, bad times as life is, <laughs> but it's been, it's been good overall. I feel very fortunate. For sure. Yeah, it's it, it's fascinating. Um, so you know, uh, one thing that I or my main motivation behind starting this uh, start, uh, podcast was to focus on mental health, and you know, it, uh, I like to sort of go back to that question and ask people, what does mental health mean to you? So, what would your answer be to that question? That's a good question. I feel like for me, mental health, I feel like a lot of times when people think about mental health, automatically they think of it in the sense of like bad mental health, like, oh, I'm going through like a bad mental health episode or things like that. But I feel like it's really just exists on a spectrum in the sense of like, you can have like, like be struggling with your mental health, but you can also be like doing very well, like having good periods too. And that really varies from day to day too. So I feel Mm -hmm. like mental health, like something that I don't think is talked about enough is that it's very dynamic and just Mm -hmm. like how someone experiences it Mm -hmm. will really vary from day to day. But yeah. Okay. Um, So, um, you know, the the struggle at times is for me um, to understand what people aren't aware of and like you know in in terms of mental health so uh if i were to ask you what are some things that people aren't aware of and they aren't talking about enough uh you know what would they be and what's your perspective on that as well so yeah i feel like in terms of things that um people aren't talking about enough for mental health is just like the how it's experienced differently by different like groups of people. Um, There's so many layers to mental health and things that can like impact someone's mental health, whether Mm -hmm. that's like um, things like gender, sexual Mm -hmm. orientation, um, Mm -hmm. cultural aspects. And Mm -hmm. um, just in the sense that you can't just blanket cover everything and think that you're addressing everyone's mental health needs by things like saying, oh, go to therapy or, oh, you should talk to someone. I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of times we're not asking, like, especially for people who aren't comfortable um, Mm -hmm. talking to people, like talking to therapists or even like a close friend about like what might be going on. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's important to really explore the reason why they're not doing that. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times, um, I feel like especially as adults, we love to think that we've like grown so much, so much like mentally, Mm -hmm. and we definitely have to sense, but there's always going to be like some residual from like our past that we might carry on Mm -hmm. into adulthood, even like regardless of how hard Mm -hmm. we're working on it, since it is a process. So Mm -hmm. I think just like questioning and really delving into that, I think is um, a good way to kind of address mental health and, mm-hmm. um, hopefully get people to where 
they're hoping to be and being more open to talking about how they're struggling. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard this a lot wherein like people uh, have uh, said, uh, you know, ask for help. But uh, m- my struggle always has been, okay, so I know people have told me to ask for help, but uh, I don't know what that means. Like, you know, what is asking for help? And And you did mention teens and you know working with teens so you know can can you talk a little bit about your own work and like you know how that sort of uh transpired and like what has been your experience around it as well so yeah so like for me i feel like in terms of um when i worked with like um teenagers during my gap year that was Mm -hmm. a lot of it was virtual too since it was during like peak pandemic and everything So um, what we did was we would um, have like this text forum for kids. Mm -hmm. So, which is great because a lot of times, especially when this was a lot of times their first time talking to um, anyone about their mental health. And it can be scary, especially if you haven't done it before. And Mm -hmm. um, for MindRight, we also like serve a lot of the uh, POC community too. So there's also the cultural aspect. There's a lot of stigma and like a lot Mm -hmm. of these communities too. I know speaking for myself, like I know there's a lot of mental health stigma within the black community. So Mm -hmm. um, it was just like a nice way for like kids to kind of start talking about their mental health and talking to like a professional in a way that feels like very casual, which is like something that I loved about MindRight too. And Mm -hmm. um, what we would do, it would really vary on the person too like um, Mm -hmm. the situation, but really a lot of times it was just like checking on the kids for usually um, three three to five days out of the week, we would um, Mm -hmm. talk to like a specific number of like kids and like just be texting them and having conversations Mm -hmm. with them. And they really led the conversation, which is great. So whatever Mm -hmm. they want to talk about, whether it was schoolwork, we would talk about that, maybe like planning, like, oh, Mm -hmm. you're stressed about an exam or like a test or something. Okay, like, Mm -hmm. what can Mm -hmm. we do to, um, you know, get you get you on a good like studying plan? Mm -hmm. Or like, Mm -hmm. oh, you have you just like went through a breakup. Oh, okay, Mm -hmm. like, tell me more about that. How can Mm -hmm. we like remind you of like the people around you who are supporting you and who love you, even though you're going through this hard time right now. And mm-hmm. something that I really love about like mind, right. And just like well, working in like the mental health field specifically with teens, I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of times it's underestimated. I feel like people forget what it's like to be a teenager and mm-hmm. like how in that moment, like something that might not like now we look on it and we're like, Oh, why was I so upset about that thing in high school? But in the moment mm-hmm. it feels so big and so mm-hmm. like scary. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was just something that I really enjoyed just like talking about kids, talking with kids about like whatever was on their mind and giving them like different um, coping mechanisms. We did like a lot of mindfulness um, mm-hmm. or just like simple like talking and naming your feelings and um, okay, mm-hmm. like when do you feel anxious and what are you doing? Where What are you doing in that moment when you feel anxious? How can we remove that anxiety or how can we redirect those feelings that you're having towards Mm -hmm. um, something that might make you like feel better in those moments too. So that was a lot of what we did, which was really great. I loved it. Definitely. Um, Yeah. Thank you for mentioning the coping mechanisms 
and you know uh, people dealing with uh, anxiety uh, as teenagers uh, is a big struggle that's there as of today you know uh, one thing that i do notice is like there is a lot of division in terms of people in terms of like you know even in terms of people of color you know uh, there is there are struggles where people say hey you know what uh, different communities have their own challenges in terms of the stigma so can you talk about a little bit you know since you mentioned you are uh, you are uh, of african american descent like you know so, some of the stigma that you have sort of encountered and like how has you know having conversations around it sort of helped you as well so yeah yeah definitely i feel like for me um one like i grew up nigerian american so i'm first generation like born and raised in the united states which mm-hmm. has been like its own experience i feel like it's great because like i have like a lot of my nigerian culture like really laid a lot of the foundation <laughs> i feel like in my life but also like there's um just like obviously going to school in america there's been like just a blend of cultures but mm-hmm. for me i feel like um in high school i remember even like having friends who were like oh i'm going to see a therapist like after mm-hmm. school and i would just be like oh like one i would think like oh wow that's so brave of them to be telling me that they're seeing a therapist right. and also like i'm just thinking like i could never like talk about this at home like comfortably just because like in nigerian culture and also not even just nigerian culture but within the black community in general a lot mm-hmm. of times when people are talking about mental health they mm-hmm. um like see someone who is seeing a therapist as quote unquote crazy or just like quote unquote mm-hmm. like unwell or oh they something must be really really bad with them and that's mm-hmm. why they're like why can't they like figure this out themselves or oh you know no we don't talk about that you keep this like within like your immediate family like things like that so mm-hmm. pretty much um i feel like that is like a lot of the stigma that like i know that i've experienced in my personal life and also just like talking to some of my other friends who are either like black or just similar cultural dynamics as um what i've experienced they've also shared very similar sentiments to that definitely um and you know one thing that uh sort of comes to mind is like you know trauma uh, and sort of how that impacts uh, us as individuals and you know it, it seems like you know we are sort of Uh, carrying some intergenerational trauma as well so can you you know talk a little bit about like what you know trauma means to you and like how that sort of translates from generation to generation as well so yeah yeah definitely i feel like trauma to me when i think about trauma especially intergenerational trauma that's a topic that i'm very like interested in too because the thing mm-hmm. is like just because you yourself haven't experienced something like in your life but say like your parent or your caregiver has experienced that that's mm-hmm. going to influence the way that they parent you and the way that they you know kind of move throughout their lives and you especially growing up as a kid you're going to see that or you're going to mm-hmm. see like oh like my caregiver is um like really scared about like when ever i like I don't know, walk away from them or something like mm-hmm. that or mm-hmm. oh like mm-hmm. no you're not supposed to say that in front of like 
people, your elders or what, because that's going to be looked down upon. And then maybe, you know, kids go out and they're like a little shy and they're not, you know, expressing themselves as well. So I feel like things like that, even if it hasn't directly affected you, I think it just trickles down through generations. And then that's going to impact how like they and how they parent their kids and so on and so on. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I feel like there's just like a lot of work that like a lot of conscious decisions that everyone needs to make in order to break those, um, Mm -hmm. I guess you would say generational curses (laughs) or generational (laughs) um, behaviors, let me say, yeah. Definitely. Um, So, you know, I think one thing people struggle with today is like to understand how to take care of yourself, right? So, so, so when I say self care, sort of what what comes to your mind? Like, how what do you define self care, and how would you sort of go about doing that? So, Mm -hmm. for me, I know self care for me, I think is very much so. I guess what people typically think about for self care too. I like a lot of like the soft like things for especially if I've had like a very long day like now that I started like being in clinic and everything um Mm -hmm. there's just some days where I want to come home I just watch my Netflix um Mm -hmm. something I get really I'm someone who gets very excited about like a lot of the little things so like even just like going to Trader Joe's and picking up like my favorite snack or like something that Mm -hmm. I want I've been wanting to like try making I'm very Mm -hmm very mm-hmm. like passionate about my pinterest board so okay. i get all of my like <laughs> cooking ideas from there so just uh-huh. like getting excited about things like that um skincare like i get very into skincare my um like skin masks my um washes like things like that i feel like i have a very traditional <laughs> sense of like self care so mm-hmm. that's some of the things that i think about at least for like um decompressing But I also Mm -hmm. think self-care, honestly, is like things like pushing yourself to do things that are out of your comfort zone. Like, I know Mm -hmm. that's something that I'm trying to work on. I'm like a very Mm -hmm. um, introverted person. I feel like I'm someone who like after a long day, I do just like to come back and like stay to myself. But I'm Mm -hmm. trying to like push myself to, you know, go out and (laughs) like enjoy my friends, my lovely friends company and stuff like that. So I feel like um, that's what I think about self-care when I think of that. Yeah, I mean, like, I think uh, one of my sort of goals has been to be as uncomfortable as I can be, uh, you know, what my (laughs) mind lets me to be. And, you know, starting the podcast was one of them because, you know, it it, it is a challenge in terms of interacting with people that I didn't know. And this has been just the best experience for me, uh, you know, doing this. Uh, you know, the other thing that I also wanted to bring up was like, um, people uh, have their own sort of traditions of, you know, how they want to handle their own anxiety or like when they're feeling nervous, right? They, they have their own things that they do uh, that makes them feel better. So I'm trying to be more inclusive from that standpoint. And, you know, I just wanted to ask you, like, what are some of the things that you do when you're feeling that nervous or anxious or, you know, really excited uh, and, you know, you just want to calm down as well. So yeah that's a that's a great question because that's actually something i'm still working on to this day (laughs) so i'm hoping that i can probably give a better answer like later in life (laughs) but um something that i am trying to do more is like do things that make me feel good like i'm someone who actually like really enjoys running but i also 
don't do it enough these days, I know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, things like that. I'm trying to just like incorporate like going to the gym a little bit more than like mm-hmm. I recently have been. And Mm -hmm. um, even I know as like corny as it sounds, but like journaling, but like not in the sense of like, I know a lot of people like um, the actual like um, hard copy journals, which is great. Like I know it works for some people, but I think for Mm -hmm. me, I just, my thoughts think very fast, much faster Mm -hmm. than my hands can write. So like I've been doing some of the like speaking out loud, like Mm -hmm. um, talk to text kind of things just in like my notes sections. And I feel like that's Mm -hmm. been like really good. Because it's mm-hmm. also like you're kind of like, you know, saying what's on your mind in the moment and you don't have to mm-hmm. like write mm-hmm. it out. So it feels mm-hmm. more like free flowing for me. Definitely. I mean, like I, I totally agree with your mind running a million miles and not being able to sort of put put it all down. And, you know, I struggle with that. Like when I message people like, you know, my mind is already at the second sentence and the, the hands can't keep up with respect to what it needs to say. And then I eat up like four words in the, in the line and I'm like, wait, what was I trying to say here? And then I, I send it and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, you know, and then you go and you edit, edit the entire thing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like real fast before they see it. <laughs> before yeah. they see it. And, you know, that was a real struggle for me. And then I realized, okay, you know what, maybe the better way would be to do voice recording. So uh, one other reason why I did voice recordings is like at times when I'm trying to write, I I edit myself. Wherein like, you know, I, I sort of scratch and then try to rewrite it. I'm like... The whole point of journaling is not to scratch and like rewrite <laughs> and like you know. Yeah, I would try to like make turn my like journals into little like art, artsy whatever right. whatever, and I'm like, no, this completely defeats the purpose of being real and honest with myself. <laughs> so, yeah. so, 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 yeah. I mean, like that's when I realized, okay, you know what? If I don't want to edit it, and if I don't want to, uh, you know, censor myself, the best way to do it is to do it in speech and if i feel like uh, you know there are some other things that come up when i uh, think about it um i can sort of sequentially talk about it as well so that way uh, i get all of the words out um uh, that is there in my head and i don't want to be stuck in my head uh, for that long as well <laughs> <laughs> word <laughs> so yeah i mean like uh that being said you know the 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 conversation has been great uh you know i uh, wanted to ask you like you know if there are a few things you wanted people to take away from this conversation what would they be for you um hmm, for me i think one thing that's very important is don't be afraid to reach out and that doesn't necessarily even have to mean like a therapist, um, although that would be great. And if you have access to a therapist, then I highly, highly recommend. Um, mm-hmm. But it can even just be like someone within your close circle. I understand that, um, you know, uh, therapy is a luxury. Not everyone has access to that. But mm-hmm. just being able to talk to someone is very important. I know that for me, um, it took me until like college to first see my first therapist and Mm -hmm. I feel like if I had started earlier like I would have had like even more growth (laughs) earlier so Mm -hmm. um yeah because the thing is when you don't express like how you're feeling you can ignore it for so long that all that those feelings are going to like build up and you Mm -hmm. don't want to 
want it to break at the worst point. So yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think take care of yourself, be gentle with yourself. That's something that's very difficult, especially in this like very fast world that mm-hmm. we live in. And if you're just like, depending on like where the career you're working in, where the point where you are at in life, just know mm-hmm. that like whatever, whatever you did that day, if that was your best, that's mm-hmm. that's okay and your best doesn't mean 100 that's something mm-hmm. I, mean, I want people to know like 100 percent mm-hmm. is not going to be your every day sometimes your best is like 50 percent. sometimes it's 20 percent. Mm-hmm. as long mm-hmm. as that if you got through the day if you got mm-hmm. through the day that is an accomplishment and i don't mm-hmm. think that people realize that enough so yeah mm-hmm. just for sure everyone for yeah that. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning that because, you know, uh, there are days when I feel like I do 150% and I'm like, oh, you know what, this is great. And uh, there are some days where like, oh my God, you know what, I don't want to do anything. And, you know, I just want to sit and like, you know, get some ice cream or like, you know, sit and put on whatever show there is and then just sit and watch uh, because, you know, uh, the mind, I feel like at times needs a break. Uh, At times it just says, you know what, to be able to engage in, in the speed that you are doing, you know, I need uh, some time off and, you know, being self-compassionate and learning that you have limitations um, is is a great uh, piece of advice. So thank you again, Adugo, for uh, taking the time. And um, the conversation has been great. And I hope more people feel just that little bit more comfortable hearing your perspective and you know get some more insights into themselves and you know dig a little deeper as well yeah thank you sanjay it's been such a pleasure talking to you this was so great i'm glad that we got to have this conversation all right